How good is that? Week in, week out, the crowd singing along to Judas for Le Champion, the demo god, the million viewer man, the leader of the inner circle, the Ayatollah of rock and roller, the creator of the list. Lion, fuck, how many names does this motherfucker have? That's why he's so good. Chris Jericho, what can't he do? What can't he do? He can do it all. He's done it all. Wow. What a man. Anyway. Welcome to another edition, episode, adventure of the pod- podcast known as Sunset Flips and Super Kicks. You know what time it is. Good, I hope you just looked up the time on your phone so you know what time it is. Because it's obviously a different time now. Anyway, you must be feeling pretty lucky. Another week, another podcast. It's been a while, you know. Back-to-back weeks, podcast has come out. Last podcast, if you haven't already heard it, go back and do so. And if you have, go back and listen to it again. Because it's good. I enjoyed doing that one. That's not going to work for me, brother. My little discussion with myself on WCW. It's quite fun. I enjoyed it. I, I think I basically got it all out there. I don't know. I don't even remember what I spoke about on there. So part two probably won't happen. Um, unless it's like a long time from now and then I'll just redo that one and we'll see. Anyway, not here to talk about WCW, already talked about that. We're talking about full gear today, going over the matches and you know, blah, 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 what I always do. And I also will talk about Survivor Series, I guess that's coming up this week, next week, a couple of weeks, I don't know. It's too hard to keep up with. Yeah, so it's only got one thing good going for him right now, and that's Roman Reigns. So that's that's the best thing going in WWE right now. Roman Reigns. Or Retribution. Yeah, that's maybe Retribution's up there at the top. Anyway, enough of that. Enough sarcasm. I'm going to get full gear up here, but before I do, I'd just like to quickly talk about Taz. He was on commentary for Dynamite this past week, commentating for his man Brian Cage against Matt Seidel. Obviously, Brian Cage won. And here's what Taz had to say on commentary afterwards. One more time. Now, Taz, that's that's not bad. I mean, you, you're a good promo. You're very good on the mic. And on commentary, same thing. But you do need to work on your victory a bit and learn from the master. Alright, so just... You know, just victory, not eee. Other than that, good stuff, Taz. Love you lots. 
It's weird. Anyway, all right, let's get into full gear. This is what we're here to talk about. This is why you tuned in to listen. Let's go with the buy-in, the pre-show. Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb. You remember Serena Deeb, don't you? She was part of the Straight Edge Society. With CM Punk. Gallows. Mercury. That's her. She's the NWA Women's Champion. Ten years ago, she shaved her head. To follow in Punk's footsteps. Isn't that, isn't that funny? That's just... Ten years ago... CM Punk was like a messiah. And now Seth Rollins is calling himself the messiah. And I don't know how long ago it was, but they were trading shots at each other, I guess, over Twitter. CM Punk even brought out a shirt almost the exact same as Seth Rollins' messiah shirt. some interesting shit for you isn't it here I am talking about full gear bringing up CM Punk CM Punk to AEW confirmed there you go just just like that just like that anyway she defeated Alison Kay to retain the NWA Women's Championship which is defended in AEW Go figure. Could we be looking at partnership? AEW, NWA, AEW, New Japan. Something I've been begging for for a year. AEW Impact. Don Callis was commentating at full gear in Kenny Omega's match. Don Callis pretty much is like second in charge at Impact. He's also a commentator on Impact. You know, John Moxley is still the United States champion in New Japan. We could be looking at the greatest wrestling war ever. WWE versus the world of wrestling. Anyway, wouldn't that be good? Some partnership, just some partnership. Let's, let's, let's make things interesting. And I say let's, I mean me. Yes, me. I'm going to control the world of wrestling. Here with my feet up on the bed, in the bedroom, as I'm recording this. All right. Let's get into, let's get into full gear. All right. Stop dropping down gears. Let's go full gear. Kenny Omega defeats Hangman Page in the opening match to win the Eliminator Tournament competition that they had going on. Basically a bracket for a number one contender. It's not bad. I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone could see it coming from the outset when it first started. You got Kenny Omega on one side, you got Hangman Page on another side. They're obviously going to meet in the final. I mean, they'll tag team partners and then they split up. Sort of, you know, they're teasing a turn. They got sick of each other. 
And why were they tag team champions for so long? Why were they a tag team? I sort of get it. You know, you keep Kenny Omega out of the world title picture because otherwise it might seem that he just wants to put the belt on himself. Straight away. Same with Cody and the Bucks. You stay away from the titles for a year, then everyone will forget about it. You know, so it doesn't seem like they're doing a Jeff Jarrett and TNA. I don't know. But, look, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley has a better ring to it than John Moxley versus Hangman Page. For now, anyway, just because Moxley and Omega have had that match. Which doesn't exist because it was non-sanctioned. So it's Moxley Omega 2, but really it's 1. And Hangman Page, I don't know what he's going to do now. He can go back to being in the Dark Order like Meltzer said he was going to be months ago. Or maybe he can join FTR or something like that. Maybe he can go back and be part of the Elite again. Who knows? But all I know is I'm very happy and excited to see Kenny Omega reclaim the title of the best wrestler on the planet because that's what we need bring back the cleaner bring back Kenny Omega 2017 2018 from New Japan just he's, he's gonna come back he's gonna do it he's gonna do it he's gonna beat Moxley and he's gonna become the AEW world champion Yeah. What do you think? Is that something you would like to see? If you don't... Okay. Next, uh, Orange Cassidy defeated John Silver. Not long John Silver from the Muppets. Just John Silver from the Dark Order. Um, this match was originally supposed to be on the buy-in. And then it got moved to the main card. They probably should have stuck with their original plan on the buy-in. I don't really have much for this match. Then how? Then again, how could you when you start off with Omega and Hangman in the fucking awesome match? Meltzer gave it seven stars. Actually, I don't know what Meltzer gave it. He can go fuck himself. Fuck Dave Meltzer. Remember that. Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes got his name back. He is no longer Cody. He is Cody Rhodes once again. Even though on commentary they always refer to him as Rhodes and then realise what they've done. And pretend like they never said it. But now they can actually get away with saying it. This is for the TNT Championship with which Cody put back on himself once again. As soon as he came back. Um, and now Darby Allen is the new TNT Champion. The new face of TNT or something like that that's what was built around this you know TNT doesn't want him as the face or boo freaking who it's a good match I'm not gonna lie it was a good match you know and then afterwards Cody you know presents him the belt and then Vic, Mr. Victory himself Taz with his team Taz Brian Cage and Ricky Starks come out and attack both of them 
And yeah, it looked like Cody was going to turn. Please give me a heel, Cody Rhodes. There is nothing more interesting or better than Cody Rhodes when he just basically tells everyone to go fuck themselves because he doesn't care. That's what we want. I don't know if you want it. I know I want it. It would it would be interesting. It'd make for great TV. Um, I'll talk about Dynamite after this as well. Clicked in the head. Ding. Oh, what have we got here? Sheeta defeated Nyla Rose to retain the AEW Women's Championship. Um, yeah, you know me and women's wrestling. There's only very few that I can sit down and watch. Um, but Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero had a screaming match afterwards. So there's my input on the match. There's my there's my comments. This is probably this is probably the best match on the on the card, I think. Anyway, Young Bucks and FTR. Now, I don't care about my predictions. I just do it because it's fun. I did predict FTR to win, but I did say I wouldn't be surprised. It's almost like I should have just picked the Bucks because I had a feeling they would win because they decided to do the Cody stipulation, which is if they lose, then they can never challenge for the tag team titles again. Well, you obviously know who's going to win that one. Because Cody can get away with not being world champion. Because he doesn't need that. But the Young Bucks need the tag titles. They need it for their ego. You know, because they already had their... You know, like... When a team wins the championship, you know, they come out with the championship gear. You know, you get the shirt, it's got champions, they get the hats and all that. That's just why they did it, so they could make more money off their merch. And, you know, it's the match that has been teased for so long, back since the Fuck the Revival days, on being the elite. F-T-R, F-T-R-R. You know? The Revival, no flips, just fists. You know, and then both of them go on Twitter, you know, one day. The Young Bucks and the Revival will wrestle. Remember this tweet. And they did. But to say the Young Bucks are a better tag team than FTR. No. I don't, I don't think so. I think the Young Bucks are great. But I don't think they're better than the Revival. Or FTR now. Whoops. Whoopsie. I still think... And I've thought for a very long time, especially the last few years, that FTR, The Revival, you know, back when they were in WWE, are the best tag team right now. You can debate that, that's fine. It's all a matter of opinion. So, but, you know, was I shocked? No. Maybe a little bit. The match, it, it was a good match, but. Apart from Cash Wheeler doing a 450 splash. I mean, why? Why? 
And then, but it was over with one super kick. That was it. That's that's the only like critique of the match that I would give. Just one super kick. Barefoot, no less. You know, at least make it another one. But anyway, hats off to him. Um, we better see like a series of matches with the Bucks and FTR. Because if it's anything like the first match, and they don't need to do, it doesn't need to be a gimmick match. Like it doesn't need to be a ladder match or a super kick match. Which, there's, there's a match. 15 minutes, so you can do the most super kicks. You obviously know he's going to win that. I just didn't like the stipulation being added. That gave it away. Um, it should have just been, they do their talk and that's it. The week before, no stipulation, just straight up. Two on two. You know, that would have made it more interesting. For me, like, I reckon for people watching, it would have made it more interesting. Because I know I wouldn't be the only one sitting there going, well, the Bucks won't challenge for the tag team titles again. We obviously know they're going to be the tag team champions one day. So obviously they're going to win. Whereas if you just go into the match, it's Young Bucks first FTR, first time ever. This is the match the world's been wanting for four years. You know, everyone would be into it and then it'd be divided. Who would actually win? Yeah, and then the Young Bucks can still win. That's fine. My opinion of it still wouldn't change. I'd still say it would be for their inflated egos. But, you know, what do you do? That's why I do this, just to talk about it. Just, you know, that's, that's what I think. So be it. But Bucks and FTR, it's got to happen again. But then again, there's been so many matches in AEW that have been so good and you could get so much out of it and they just do it once and that's it. It's done. So, what happens here? I'm not too sure. I still, I'd still like to see FTR in a group. I'd still like to see Tully somehow get a new horseman going. He's already with Sean Spears, so you just need one more. And I still believe that one more should be Cody Rhodes. Especially when Arn Anderson's his manager or whatever. You've already got half the original four horsemen there. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just, the one thing that pains me is that FTR is somehow the shortest reigning tag team champions in AEW. Because what would that have been? Like two months, three months? Maybe two, something like that. Two months? So... Oh, they, they're going to get their they're going to get their chance again, for sure. I mean, they could do AEW only does really four pay per views a year. You could give them, you could give them a spot in each pay per view next year. I'd still just watch it intently as I did the last one, because that's money. That's money. You know, two AEW has got the best tag team division in wrestling. Like, there's no. 
doubt about that. And, you know, yes, definitely. I mean, I think FTR is the best. Um, and Bucks are right up there. You know, I'll, you know, would I say top three? Maybe. Definitely top five. You know, and they've probably got five of the top ten tag teams in wrestling in that company. So, you know, it'll be good. It'll be good. Bucks will do, Bucks will do great. But it's for their egos. Moving on. The elite deletion match. Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara. This was very interesting. This one. Matt Hardy should do his own wrestling promotion. And he could do it in his backyard at the Hardy compound. He's just some of the shit. It's just so creative. It's so good. You got a ring in his backyard. It wasn't even really a one-on-one match. More of like a six-man tag. You know, Sammy Guevara and Proud and Powerful against Matt Hardy and Private Party. Hardy Party. So even Gangrel <laughs> decided to turn up and the Hurricane. Hurricane Helms. Um, I can't remember if there's someone else or not, but you know, it, it ended with the the all-out spot, the, what they have? They had a no-DQ match or, or something like that. Let's, let's see. Let's, let's go back. Live TV, anything can happen. The Broken Rules match. There you go. Which obviously didn't go to plan when Hardy was up a ladder and went to take a table bump and overshot the table and smacked his head on the concrete and was knocked out and they somehow continued that match so then that you know they sort of did that obviously you can edit and you know because it's those cinematic matches that they do so that was good that's good I still want to watch um, the original match I don't, even, I don't even know what it'd be called. The Hardy Hardy, the TNA one. I don't know, yeah. I still haven't seen that one. It's, and it was, I mean, it's hard to compare the two. The, uh, you know, the deletion match and the Fire, Firefly Funhouse match at Mania. They're just two completely different things. Maybe, Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt, give them their own company. Just cinematic matches. All day, every day. Or at least give them a pay-per-view like Talking Chopper Mania. Let them, let them work together and do something like that. Um, Chris Jericho and MJF. They've been teasing, I guess. I don't know, they've been together, not together. You know, does MJF want to join the inner circle? Something that was teased a year ago. They had a match. You know, if MJF won, he'd be in the inner circle. So, 
the obvious end game here, no matter what, is that these two are going to have another match. So, MJF did win. Um, with a little tribute to Eddie as well, Eddie Guerrero. Um, 15 years now, I still, still can't get over that. Um, yeah, MJF paid like a little tribute. He uh, had a chair, I think. Is it the chair or the baseball bat? Um, well, Jericho had it. And he was, Jericho was going to hit MJF. And MJF saw the referee turning around, so he just gave him the double birds and just dropped to the floor. So, not the Guerrero way. Guerrero would slam the chair first, then throw it to his opponent, then drop to the floor, but you know what I'm talking about. And then MJF did the roll-up. One, two, three, that was it. Um, great match. Debatable. But it was a good match. It was very entertaining. Very entertaining. And I would just keep blowing his horn, pumping up his wheels, whatever you whatever you say about it. MJF is star, absolute star, star of the future. Should be now. Um, so now, yeah, now he's in the inner circle and Sammy Guevara and Ortiz already didn't want him in there. So I can just see, I can just see MJF somehow just tearing apart the inner circle and then Jericho has nothing and then that's when you get the big match. MJF versus Chris Jericho again and hopefully again and again, but we'll see. We will see. Main event, I quit match. John Moxley defeated Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston said the words he swore he would never say, but he still did. Uh, Moxley had like a cross face on him, but with barbed wire wrapped around Kingston's neck. So he, he obviously had to say, I quit. Eddie Kingston's a great story. Um, I know he was at, he was with Santana and Ortiz in Impact. He was just known as King. He was like the manager of the new LAX. And then, you know, I still remember Conan came back and then he managed Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston managed Hernandez and Homicide. And they had that big LAX war. So that's how I knew Eddie Kingston, but he's been wrestling for years. I think it's like 18 years or something. And during the pandemic, had nothing. So he had to sell just about all of his wrestling gear just to get by. And then when Cody Rhodes was doing the open, sorry, back in that time it was Cody, was doing the open challenges for TN, the TNT Championship. Well, Eddie Kingston got a shot and it was just like a one-time thing and he came out and he cut his promo like he does, did the match and now he's signed to AEW. It was main eventing, you know, the last show of the year. It's good shit. Good shit. Um, but I was never convinced that he was going to win, unfortunately. Only because of Omega Moxley happening again. And it's going to happen on Dynamite. The 2nd of December, I think. So it's still a couple of weeks away. 
Um, it's a bit strange, it's not a pay-per-view match. But I guess they did announce it, so now it's just going to be a few weeks to build this match up. And Omega's my pick in this one. Omega's my pick. I think it's, it's time. It's going to happen. And then Moxley will go to Japan for Wrestle Kingdom because he's got a date with Kenta. Hasn't been announced for Wrestle Kingdom, but I just assume it will be because I don't think AEW will go without a world champion for three weeks. Well, actually, probably it'd be a month or five weeks or something because he's still got to go to Japan. He'd have to quarantine or isolate for two weeks, do his thing, and then come back to the States, and then you'd still have to do the same thing. That's Then again, I could be wrong. I don't know. This is just, you know, what happens in my head. That's what happens in my head. Overall, what can you say? AEW never disappoints when it comes to their pay-per-views. So it's good, good year, good year for pay-per-views for them. So it was last year, and I dare say next year will be the exact same. Yeah, with Dynamite, there was a couple of fins. Obviously, Taz fucking up victory. Um, what else happened? So Cody came out and said that he's not chasing his rematch. With Darby Allen right away. Um, but said there's a loss on his record that he wants to avenge. And wants to revisit. And that. Is MJF. Yes please. This is. What they should have been doing all year. It's what I said from the start. When they had that match at Revolution, it should have kept going, but that was it. They just stopped. This is, there's still so much there. But, you know, whatever. Anyway, some chick came out, forget her name. It'll take me too long to look it up. She just came out and just, it was terrible. The stuff she was saying, like, she's just coming out, she's flexing her muscles and walking around like she's hot shit or whatever. And said Cody had no balls and Cody referred to himself as the giant killer because he beat Brody Lee. Basically what she'd spent 10 minutes saying was that she's bringing Shaq to AEW. And I assume it's Shaquille O'Neal. What other Shaq is it? Shaquille Griffin? So that, that'd be interesting. Shaq in the wrestling ring. Against Cody. I mean, I think it'd be great to see, but I don't want to be ripped off of seeing Cody Rhodes versus MJF again. Anyway, Brandy Rose came out and basically told this woman off 
which saved the segment because it was just it was it was terrible. It was terrible. I don't know what this chick was doing. Oh, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that was it for Dynamite. There's probably more. I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen. I've forgotten something. Ray Phoenix and Pentagon had another match. Let them just keep having matches. That's what they should do. All right, let's go. Let's just do Survivor Series. Thirty years of the Undertaker. Thirty years. That's just him as the Undertaker in WWE. Like he's probably been like thirty-five years. Though he's not wrestling full time, it's still just a character. So it's pretty cool. Just the shit non-stop every day on the network. 30 days in November, 30 days of The Undertaker, 30 years of The Undertaker. I'm looking forward to him on the Broken Skull sessions again. Apparently there's a part two coming. That'd be good. Alright, this Survivor Series is just... Let's look here. So we've got six matches. Alright. Five on five men's. Five on five women's. Champion versus champion. Champion versus champion. Champion versus champion. Champion versus champion. It's, it's, isn't that what bragging rights were supposed to be? Brand against brand? Now it's just on Survivor Series? Like, that's shit. Just like your two world champions. Okay, so you got Randy Orton going up against Roman Reigns. First of all, Yes, please. But how do you... How do you, quote-unquote, book that? How do you book that? Where's all the smart marks out there? Tell me, how do you book this match? Who loses? Is Roman Reigns going to lose? I don't think so. Is Randy Orton going to lose? Randy Orton just won the title for the 14th time. Against Drew McIntyre. Sorry. I have to say it. Like, it just... It's stupid. What's, is Drew McIntyre going to beat Randy Orton on Raw? You know what? Probably. It, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. But then what do you do? How do you do that at Survivor Series? How do you book that match? Drew McIntyre in 2020 is like Roman Reigns in 2016 or 17. Just protected. He's the guy. He's lost once this year. And that was to Orton. So is he going to lose again to Orton on Raw? I'm 50-50 on that match. I really am. Raw will probably have already happened when this comes out. I do not know yet. But I'm 50-50 on that match. But then what do you do? You're going to make McIntyre lose to Reigns? It'll build up Roman Reigns. You're going to have McIntyre beat Roman Reigns. You're not going to make Roman Reigns lose. 
Roman Reigns is the best thing going right now in WWE. It's just the way he's controlling his cousin. Watching Roman Reigns talk to Jay Uso reminds me of Jax Teller when he was the president in Sons of Anarchy. That's, that's what it reminds me of. Just the way he talks. The way he carries himself. That's my comparison. That's, that's how I see it. So, I, I just, I don't like it. Last year was worse with the NXT being involved. I mean, the build-up was awesome. I mean, I, I called the build-up at WrestleMania last year. I said, leading up to Survivor Series, Triple H and Shawn Michaels will bring NXT to Raw and SmackDown and invade. I also said it would be con for control of over WWE. So I didn't get the stipulation right, but, you know, that was awesome. But then they ruined it by having NXT win. Like, having Roderick Strong beat AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Why would that happen? It, it was a flop. Last year's Survivor Series was a flop. Is that why NXT is not included this year? Is NXT doing war games this year? They probably wouldn't, would they? I mean, when, when is the next takeover? Is NXT still around? I know it's still around. You know, I'm just saying, like, nothing has come from NXT lately. Apart from Pat McAfee coming back. And Pete Dunne turning heel. Fuck, like, what did that guy do the whole time in England? Just lift weights? Fuck. What a unit. Just saying. But, anyway, let's talk about this year's Survivor Series. Other than the fact that it's stupid. Like, Team Raw vs. Team Smackdown. It's just... It's... It's not the same. It's not what it was like two, three years ago. Like they're not even invading. You know, remember when Shane McMahon brought SmackDown to Raw and told Kurt Angle he was under siege and then SmackDown ripped apart Raw for 10 minutes and then dragged him out, then dragged Kurt Angle back out to the ring. You know, and then Raw did the same thing. Like, now it's just, you know, I don't know. And then the, like, you got, just do your two big storylines. Have Team Orton versus Team McIntyre in one. And then have Team Roman Reigns, you know, against who's next on SmackDown, who's next up, who's going to fight for the title. Probably Daniel Bryan. Because he got his ass handed to him. You do that or a championship match. Look, now there's no titles defended. Yeah, it's just shit. Like Lashley versus Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn has to be probably the smartest wrestler in the world. Like the way he won the title. 
when he chained, he handcuffed Jeff Hardy like through his earlobe to the ladder, and the way he beat Apollo Crews on SmackDown when he tied him up in the ring apron. He's probably going to do the same thing to Bobby Lashley. And then New Day vs. Street Profits. Like this. I will give them this. This is a great match. Like, this is, this is a dream match for some. Myself included. You know, I actually can't wait to see this match. But they're both champions. So one of your champions has to lose. Why? And then, you know, you've got Oscar and Sasha Banks. You know, we've seen that already this year. And now, probably Sasha will win. And maybe Carmella will come out again and deliver a soup kick. And, you know, I must say I'm probably the only person that doesn't care about Carmella coming out in all red, delivering super kicks. Being the mystery woman that everyone already knew who it was. No one cares. Go back to being the Staten Island princess moonwalking. Um, Mella is money. Was that it? Is that what she did? That was a little thing. That was her gimmick. You know, like, what else, what else is there? What else are they going to do here? Like, it's just Raw vs Smackdown. That's not what Survivor Series is. They'll probably have half an hour for The Undertaker. I don't know. Is he going to be there? Is Sting going to come out? The Sting was supposed to come out at full gear. Are we going to get Undertaker versus Sting finally? No. No, don't get your hopes up. Right, so we've still got one spot left to fill on the SmackDown team for the men's. Who will that be? You know, there's still two for the women on SmackDown. Do they even have two women left on SmackDown? Do they even have a division? Apart from the GOAT, Bailey. So, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just getting worse and worse, these Survivor Series things, you know? Go back to doing your little bragging rights. Leave like in 2003, they didn't do this. 2003, they had Team Angle versus Team Brock, I think. They had Team Austin versus Team Bischoff, and they still had title matches. Anyway, what do you do? That's it. I'm done. Survivor Series has pissed me off. Yeah, no, that's it. I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. Thank you for listening. You know what to do on Instagram. Follow the page if you do not already. Sunset Flips and Super Kicks. Sunset Flips underscore Super Kicks. Something like that. Enjoy. Enjoy.